following your hymnal, we're doing 333, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. greatest thing that uh, is taking place on the face of the earth is, is worshiping God together and praising the Lord together and God's work. I'm just telling you there's nothing like God's work and I'm glad that we're a part of it and it's all because of the Lord Jesus and all that he did. Uh, God's got a plan for, for mankind and, and that plan is, is to receive the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, God showed his great mercy and his love and his grace uh, when Jesus came to this world and uh, that's, that's God's marvelous plan of salvation if it weren't for that we'd have no reason to be here tonight but I'm glad we got a reason I'm glad we're here tonight 
and I welcome you. And uh, of course, I just want to ask if you would to uh, uh, con continue to pray for Mission Week. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a hot week. Um, I put two cans of Freon in the bus uh, this afternoon to make sure we got AC. We got to have AC. Uh, but anyway, let's pray for uh, for our group that will be going out uh, meeting tomorrow morning. Uh, Doug said they hope to be out on the road by nine o'clock, and and so just thinking about a group going out into the community. Um, that, that's what it's all about. And so let's remember those that will be a, a part of Mission Week, praying for a great week. Vicki? Tra no track side, yeah. Okay. So that's Brian Cook. All right, let's remember Brian Cook on a ventilator praying, Lord, be merciful. He's, he's had that, you say, five bypass surgery. And, and uh, so let's, let's remember Brian as we, as we pray tonight. And um, also, I appreciate your prayers. Um, uh, I would say I'm, I'm going to be leaving early in the morning, but really in a matter of hours, I'll be heading down to Atlanta to, to catch a flight to uh, Anaheim for the convention. And there's a lot of concerns and, and um, just a lot of uh, business. You know to uh, to tend to, and so I just appreciate your prayers and pray that God will work and and, and move and uh, just pray for a good meeting. Pray for you know for safe travels and and uh, so uh, appreciate your prayers there as well. And uh, and then uh, uh, Wednesday night, uh, our kids are not going to be meeting because of Mission Week, but our students uh, will be will be meeting right here in the sanctuary. Stoney is going to be. Uh, sharing his study that he's been leading in our youth. They'll be doing it right here on Wednesday night. So those of you, you know, that come to uh, uh, Wednesday night Bible study and prayer meeting, come on and join us. Um, uh, the truths that, that Stoney is sharing with our with our youth are just as applicable to us as they are them. And so I just remind you about that uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, so then also uh, remember uh, Vacation Bible School as well. And uh, Doug has shared with us that he'll have materials uh, next Sunday uh, for the teachers, and, and uh, there's a place for everybody. So if you uh, haven't let Doug know that you're going to volunteer, I hope you'll do that. It's a great week of Vacation Bible School. And, and then uh, a week from today, uh, we'll be uh, getting ready to go down to Mobile, Alabama with our students for MFUGE and excited about that. That's always a great week. So a lot of things to be in prayer for tonight that God will be glorified and that God will work and move in our lives and, and change lives. And uh, like I said, there's nothing like God's work. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. And also remember Brian Cook, is, as Vicki has reminded us. And also Miles has is, is, um, got the uh, doctor's appointment this week. He's asked us to pray, so we want to remember him as, as we pray as well. And uh, David, if you would, brother, would you lead us to the Lord in prayer?
we'll stand once again for our offertory hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Father, we come before you and we give you praise, Lord. Thank you for all the spiritual blessings that we enjoy in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that our sins have been washed in the blood of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord, that our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord, that we have heaven as our home, heaven to gain one day. And I'm grateful for that, Lord. We don't deserve it. And, Lord, I just thank you for the blessings, God, that you give us from your hand. And as we come to this time in the service, Lord, will we give back a portion of what you've blessed us with. We pray, Lord, that you will take and use it, Lord, for your glory. May we give with a cheerful heart and as an act of worship because you alone are worthy, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, we were in Ephesians 4 uh, this morning and, and uh, looking at how um, as believers in Christ we have a past and I've often uh, heard people say if the devil reminds you of, of your past, remind him of his future and also if, if uh, the devil reminds you of your past, just know that you don't live there anymore. Thank God for the grace of God and thank God for the wonderful change that God is doing in our hearts and lives and uh, as I shared this morning, we'll never reach perfection we'll never get where we ought to be so that we should never be complacent uh, but one day we'll be with Jesus and uh, and then we'll be uh, perfect and we'll have glorified bodies we'll be with the Lord Jesus and what a day that that's going to be but I'm grateful that he's working on me and he's working on you and he's changing us from the inside out and we all need grace I pray that you know that when uh, we're at odds with each other that we'll choose grace and that we'll choose forgiveness because that's exactly what God has done for us and so God is working and God is, is changing us from the inside out. And I pray that more and more we'll take off the old and put on the new. And sometimes we might want to put the old back on, but let's just keep it off. And let's honor God and glorify God and, and keep on the new. And one of the things uh, that we'll do is, as God is changing us from the inside out, as we put on the new man, is, uh, is we'll guard against the words that we speak to each other. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you if you'll look down to verse 29 of uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and I want to preach to you a, a message that I preached back in March of 2014 um, I had only uh, been here a, a short time at that time and, and I remember God using that message then and, 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 and it wasn't that I pulled this out just to preach this this morning because of a great memory of Ephesians 4 I just we just happened to be in Ephesians 4 this morning you know as we're following along uh, seeking the Lord in this uh, series in Ephesians and um, so I'm grateful uh, for the great memory of what God did uh, about eight years ago. And, and I pray that God will, will bless and work in our hearts and lives uh, tonight as well. Thank you for being here tonight. And, uh, and I, if you found your place in Ephesians 4.29, I want to share this together from the Word of God. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that this matter of communication, Lord, that we'll take off the old and we'll put on the new. God, I pray that as you speak to us tonight, Lord, that we'll commit, we'll say yes to you. Lord, that we'll put on the new. And Lord, that, uh, that we will glorify you with our words. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure maybe you've heard at times people say something that just maybe surprised you, something that was maybe ugly or mean-spirited. 
and, and maybe you just replied with, what did they say? I mean, you just can't believe what they said. It wasn't that you didn't hear what they said. It was that you were just disappointed in what you heard. I remember when I was in high school, our, uh, Coach Henderson, Larry Henderson's class, he taught U.S. history. And, um, and, and we were in his class, and I remember Coach Henderson, he used to, he used to say, some of y'all going to be in here next year. And then he would look at the ones that repeated and said, again. <laughs> and he just talked plain and straight. And I'm telling you, we need teachers like that today. And, um, and that's how he taught. And so I remember being in his class, and it was coming to the end of the year. There was this, uh, this really an honor student. Um, she probably graduated in the top ten of our class. And she was basically shy and quiet, and she always made A's, it seemed like. And, and she hardly said things that were negative. She just kind of came and sat and, you know, was a great student. But this particular day, she snapped. You ever had a day like that? You know, you just, you snap. Well, that was this this day. She didn't agree with the teacher uh, about a grade that she had gotten on a certain paper, I think it was. And right in front of the whole class, she cursed Mr. Henderson. And of course, uh, Mr. Henderson said, young lady, you go out in the hall. <laughs> and so she stormed out in the hall. And, um, and so they, uh, they had, the, he dealt with that. And, uh, but I remember being in class going, wow, what did she say? I mean, we were just so surprised because it was out of character. And, and sometimes, you know, it's like that. We hear things and we're like, wow, what did, what did they say? It's one thing to be surprised when someone says something that they shouldn't, but it's another thing to expect it as if it's excused because that's just the way that they are. You know, there are those that pride themselves on, I just don't have a filter. Well, if you're a child of God, you ought to have a filter. I mean, we, we ought to think before we speak and, and uh, we ought to control our emotions as, and that's putting on the new man. And so there's some that pride themselves on that, but I want you to know somebody that, that constantly tears down or says things that's mean or rude, that's not a spiritual gift. And we might think that I'm, you know, that I'm, I'm being uh, some great leader or, or I have some kind of strong characteristic about me. But the reality is, we see plainly right here in Ephesians 4.29 how we need to make sure that the communication that comes out of our mouth, that it is, uh, it is for building up instead of tearing down. So that's what I want us to focus on here tonight. The Apostle Paul wrote to the believers at Philippi and was dealing with how believers should change from the person that they were before salvation to the person that they are becoming or, or the person that God is changing us to be. Uh, you know, Paul, Paul stated that we put off uh, concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And that's, that's what we looked at this morning. So what we're going to focus on here tonight is one aspect of putting on the new man. The example that Paul gives is, is that just as we change clothes, you know, we, we take off that which is old and corrupt, that doesn't honor God, and we put on that which is new and, and that which honors God. It's so important. And that, that includes our speech, the words that we, that we say. So uh, let's look at two actions here tonight from Ephesians 4.29 that, uh, that we are to take concerning our words. First of all, in the first part of verse 29, I want us to see that we should not allow corrupt communication to come out of our mouth. I mean, it's very clear. Notice here the first part of verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, corrupt means unhealthy. And it literally means words that are rotten. I mean, dirty, stinking, rotten words. 
I mean, get the idea of, of hamburger meat that was in a freezer that quit working. You ever been there? Maybe you've got a lot of meat, steaks, or deer meat, or whatever you've got in the, in the freezer, and you didn't know that the freezer quit working. And then all of a sudden, you open that freezer, and you got a good reminder that it definitely quit working. It smells bad, and, and it's rotten, and there might even be maggots on that. I'm sorry if, if you know if you've got weak stomachs. But uh, this is the kind of language that Paul is talking about. Don't let that kind of language, that, that corrupt language, don't let it proceed out of your mouth. There's no way we'd even consider putting rotten, spoiled hamburger meat in our mouths. No way. <laughs> you know, we, we, would, we would get away from that. Yet we allow these kind of words oftentimes to proceed out of our mouths. So Paul is clear about this. Well, think about, uh, think about spoiled milk. You know, it's, it's spoiled, it's corrupt. Man, there's nothing more gross than that, is there? I mean, it's all thick and lumpy and, and everything, and boy, it stinks to high heaven. I mean, it, does that describe our communication and the words that we speak? Paul says, you know, that we're to do, do away with that. Get rid of it. Do away with corrupt communication. But, you know, corrupt communication also includes bad language like cursing. And uh, James had something to say about that in James chapter 3, verses 8 and 10. But the tongue can no man tame. It's amazing how small our tongues are. They don't really weigh a lot. It's amazing that we can't control our tongues a lot of time. James says uh, no one can, can tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. You know what James is saying? We come to church on Sunday and we say, Praise the Lord. And we sing songs about, uh, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And then we leave the church and we cuss somebody out. And James says, Out of the mouth comes praise and, and, and blessing, but also out of the same mouth comes cursing of men. And James says, That ought not be. That's corrupt communication. We live in a day and time where it just seems like that you know you, you've got to use bad language to get people's attention, and, and 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 we just justify it. But I'm just telling you, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Don't praise Jesus on one side of your mouth and then curse somebody else on the other. It just shouldn't be that way. In other words, James is saying it's a sin to do that. But also, this includes gossip and slander. You know, someone that stirs up. Anger, Proverbs 15 and verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. You ever know somebody that likes to stir the pot? A lot of times they stir the pot and then they leave. And then they, the others are just fussing and fighting. And, 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 you know, they're not peacemakers. We're to be peacemakers. We're to be meek and gentle. But yet, those that gossip and slander divides friends. Also, Proverbs 16 and verse 28. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Whisperer is used in an evil sense to slander or defame someone, to assassinate someone's character. Obviously, this brings division among friends. And yes, it brings division in the church. All because of words. You know, it's like, it's like ringing a bell. You know, I, I could ask uh, Brian or someone to go ring the church bell. And, and we could ring it. And I say, Brian, go ahead and unring that bell. Can't do it. It's already been rung. People in the community hear the church bell. And they're like, what's that all about? 
Oh, oh, yeah, we, well, we unrung it, though, right? <laughs> well, you can't unring it. Once you've rung the bell, it's rung. And once you've spoke that word, you can't unspeak it. And I'm just telling you, sometimes Christians are the most meanest. Why is that? I mean, they're, you know, corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, and it shouldn't be that way. You know, divides friends, we stir up anger. It leads, a lot of times, uh, to a sense of loyalty. Because those that get mad at us, um, you know, their friends are loyal to them, and they're going to, it doesn't matter right or wrong, they're going to be loyal to them. And then the one that spoke the word, he's, they, they've got friends. And so you, all of a sudden, you've got division. And you've got people being loyal to friends. And my question is, is anybody ever concerned about being loyal to God? That's what we ought to be interested in. Let's honor God, and especially with the words that we speak. And so what Paul is saying here in verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, that is a command. That means it's not optional. This is how God expects us to live. And a lot of times we fight and we say things mean and, and all of that, I think because we, we have a wrong perspective. It's like we got to fight these battles and we got to do this. Well, the battle is the Lord's. God will take care of it. we got to have that perspective. That's our Christian worldview. Man, you want to bring out the worst in somebody? You, you talk politics. Boy, that'll get us fighting mad, won't it? Red-faced. We're just ready to solve all the problems like we've got all the answers. And I understand there's a lot in this world, that, especially this day and time. There's a lot of things that will make us mad, things that we don't understand. But our hope is not in this world. And we have a Christian worldview. And that will solve a lot of problems if we keep that in perspective, keep our focus where it needs to be. So this is a, this is a command. Paul wrote that a man with a foul mouth has a mouth that is an open grave. Listen to this in Romans 3, verses 13 and 14. Their throat is an op open sepulcher, which is basically a grave. With their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of apps under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. An open grave is not only foul, but a symbol of corruption. The words that we speak, the filth from a person's foul mouth eats away at his character and the character of the listeners and is a, as offensive as a decayed corpse. Well, I don't want that to be a description of, of me and the words that I say. I pray that we'll uh, guard against the words that we speak and uh, that we'll obey the command here in the Word of God to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. God expects us to change our communication from, from bad to good. We need to intentionally change that. And, and sometimes, you know, it can be a, it can be a struggle. And I'll just tell you, we can't do it on our own. That's where the hope of the Holy Spirit comes in. As we trust God and we desire to honor God. Lord, put a, put a guard over my mouth. Help me to say those things that honor you. Help me, Lord, to, to, to not allow those corrupt words to proceed out of my mouth. But also, notice the last part of verse 29. We should intentionally exchange corrupt communication for good. So the command in verse uh, 29, the first part of verse 29, is let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But notice this. But that which is, what's the word? Good. That which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Minister. The work of the ministry. Man, 
our, our communication and the words that we share to each other. That's a ministry in and of itself. I mean, how in the world can I possibly be engaged in the work of the ministry if, if my words are corrupt and I'm tearing down? No, I need to be intentional here to exchange the corrupt communication with that which is good. It's not that, that which is sometimes good or that which is close to being good. No, it's that which is indeed good. Let's, let's replace. What a, what a change. It'll save yourself a, a lot of sorrow. How many of you have ever regret? Don't raise your hands. I'd be the first one. How many of you have ever regret saying something? You stuck your foot in your mouth. Man, what if we would have changed, exchanged that corrupt communication with that which is good? It'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of sorrow and a lot of regret. Because here's the thing about words. Once you say it, it's, 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 as I've already said, you, you can't unsay it. And words definitely hurt. And, and so um, that's why the Bible tells us that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Oh, if we would only put that principle in our life, apply that to our life. Be quick to listen. Gather the facts. Be quick to listen. And, and that's, that's what we see here is we are intentionally changing the bad and the corrupt with the good. The command is to intentionally stop the bad, corrupt communication, and exchange it for good. So my question tonight is, what about you? Is your communication good? The words that you share, the words that you speak, is it good? What, is, what does edifying mean? Well, edifying means, it's a construction term, which means that you're building up. You're not tearing down. It's not destructive, but it's good, and it builds up. Oh, we need that today. I don't know about you, but with all the, the uncertainty in the world today and, and, and all the hurt in the world today, this sin-cursed world, we need that which is good, not that which tears down. We need that which builds up. Edifying means to build up. So think about your conversations just this past week, maybe this past month, or maybe this past year. I, I don't know. Think about your conversations. Did it build someone up? How many times did it build someone up? Or it tears someone down. You say, well, Pastor Mark, sometimes we've got to be honest. Yes. But when we share the truth in honesty, we share it in love. We, we don't share it to tear somebody down or to hurt somebody. We share it. And I pray that you have that kind of relationship with, a, with friends, that you can be honest with them. That's a true friend. That'll tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. That's a true friend. But the goal is to, is to build them up, to, to edify now, you may be familiar with the Christian band Building 429, one of my favorite groups. Each member got their start leading worship in various churches in, in North Carolina before joining together in 2001. Wow, it's been, it's been uh, over, over 20 years now. And in 2005, their breakout hit, Glory Defined. You might still hear that played uh, on, on the radio. Glory defined. I mean, what a, I, 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 would, I would sing it, but I won't do that. But it, but it helped them win their best new artist award. The band's name is significant. What about Building 429? Where does that come from? Well, they heard about a youth group who lived out a principle called the 429 Challenge. Anytime anyone in the youth group talked negatively to or about someone, Another group member could remind them about 429. 
and take them directly to Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And so that it, we're talking about accountability. Somebody would say something negative. Somebody would talk about somebody. You know, something that would be hurtful, that would, uh, you know, that, that would tear them down instead of build them up. And they would shout out, 429. A youth group did this. Man, we need that, don't we? Not just in our youth groups, but we need that in the church. 429 challenge. Speak words that build up. Words that are good, not corrupt words that tear down. I think our, our students, you know, we're looking forward to the infuse. I think this is a great thing for us to commit to tonight. You know, we get on the van and it's easy to tear down. It's easy to participate in that. But let's, let's keep each other accountable. 429, let's build up. We need that. It's easy to tear. Let me just tell you this. It's easy to tear down. But it takes a little extra effort to build up. Anybody can tear down. Build each other up according to the reference became condensed into building 429. Ephesians 429. Edify. Build up. And the band was formed for that purpose. So how about us tonight? We need to keep each other accountable. Don't be so quick to say, don't judge me. <laughs> no. We need, to, we need to be judged if I'm saying corrupt communication. And by the way, Matthew 7, 1, that's not at all what that, that's taking it out of context. You know, we, we, we keep each other accountable. And then as we keep each other accountable, we're helping each other out. That's what we need. Build each other up. You know, in Matthew 7, where Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged. He also went down and said, you know, if you've got a, a, lum, a lumber, a beam sticking out of your eye, then before you go to your neighbor and that speck in his eye, you've got to deal with that lumber. I can just imagine probably the, you know, Jesus using that probably got some laughs. And maybe he spoke that, that parable, because maybe he saw a, a lumber or a piece of lumber, he knew something about somebody. But the thing is, is that, yeah, we, we deal with ourselves, and we get that lumber out of our eye, that big telephone pole that's sticking out of our eye. But then we see clearly, Jesus says, the speck that's in our brother's eye. See, there's judging involved. I see the speck in my brother's eye. I deal with myself first, but then Jesus said, once you get that lumber out of your eye, then you see clearly the speck in your brother's eye. It could be, maybe the speck in my eye is that I said something corrupt. Something that hurt instead of build up. And I need a brother to come alongside and say, Mark, I, you know, I heard what you said and I, I just want to remind you, you know, that we need to build each other up. I might get mad at them, but you know, they spoke the truth to me. That's what we need. We need to encourage and build each other up. Imagine if believers would apply this biblical principle. I mean, if we, if we would keep each other accountable and guard our words... Today, we just, we just blab it out. And by the way, I think this applies to social media. You know, what do we do? We just, man, we fire those posts away. And, and we, we type it out, oh, I'm glad I did that, you know. But then there can be damage that can result from it. Yeah, you can go back and delete it, and that has happened before. I deleted it, you know. And maybe you can ask apology, but still the hurt's there. That's the way our words are. I believe with all my heart, when it comes to social media, I believe Christians ought to hit delete more than they hit send. Go ahead, type it out. Go ahead. It might make you feel better. It's like they say a lot of times journaling. Write out how you feel. Just write it out. And as you're writing it out, you're giving it over to God. 
And then you take that letter or whatever, that journal, and you, you wad it up and you throw it in the trash can because you've given it to God. A lot of times if we tell it to God, we won't have to tell it to everybody else and become gossip or slander uh, to others. But we, we know a lot of times that there are those that speak corrupt words, always negative, always tearing down. The Apostle Paul called them busybodies, 1 Timothy 5.13. And withal, they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not another idle, in other words, they're, they're, not, they're not doing anything productive. They're just, they're, they're just being idle, going from house to house. Paul continues, but tattlers, also busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. You ever known somebody like that? I mean, what are characteristics of speech, as we think about that, that edifies or build up? Well, speech for the purpose of sharing that which edifies, sharing good things. Also, speech that strengthens and encourages others. Also, minister grace. Oh, we need grace. We, we find out something about somebody, and it might be the truth. Here's, here's something that the Bible talks about. All things are, are, are lawful, but not all things are expedient. What does that mean? That means that all things might necessarily be true and right, but is it beneficial? I know I'm right. And I say this about somebody. Yeah, but was it beneficial? We had the opportunity to help somebody or hurt somebody. And technically you were right in what you said, but was it beneficial? All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. You know, when we think about the words that we share, first of all, is it true? Well, it might be true, but it may not be beneficial. You know, does it, does it help or does it hurt? Does it encourage or does it discourage? Does it build up or does it tear down? We need to ask ourselves, the words are powerful. It's, it's wise to be sensitive to others before you speak. That's Christ-like. You know, we hold someone's feelings in our hands. And what do we do with that? Do we crush it? Do we slam it on the ground and stomp on it and, and just continue to stomp on it? Or do we hold it gently? That's called meekness. Meekness, I, I always, I think I shared this Wednesday night. When I think of meekness, Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. You've got the ability to exercise a power, but you choose to control it. That's meekness. And I shared this Wednesday night. That you think about a big 295-pound lineman. You know, how, how big and massive and strong they are. You know, 6'3", 295 pounds or whatever. You know, I'm looking up to them. Um, I remember when I was in Tiger Bay and I was on, I was on the field and had my symbols and and I don't know if y'all remember Chester McLaughlin or not, but he's, I mean, a huge, massive uh, lineman for Clemson back in those days. And, and I was down there on the field, and, and somebody, I thought somebody shoved me and pushed me down. And I looked, and there's big Chester. And, and I'm on the ground, man. I just, and he didn't even know that he hit me or, or, or ran into me, you know. And I thought, wow, what a, what a powerful man. I mean, so strong. And, 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 and I had my symbols, and there I am on the, on the ground, you know. And, uh, and, and I think about how strong. Think about that, that lineman holding a little infant baby. You know, the baby's defenseless, helpless. It can't do anything for itself. But here's this massive 
lineman holding this infant baby. He's got the strength to crush and kill that baby, but he's using strength under control. That's called meekness. We, we would do well, especially in 2022, to use a little meekness and to use uh, a little grace and to help each other. And our words are so powerful. And so, you know, are we one that's always sticking our foot in our mouth? I mean, is it true what we're going to say? And is it beneficial? Those are things that we need to consider. And it does matter what we say. And it matters what we post. Because we're commanded in Ephesians 4.29 as we are taking off the old and putting on the new, we are commanded to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. Commanded. It's not an option. So, what about us tonight? What about your words? And what about your conversations? Are you building up or tearing down? And I just want to ask, would anybody be willing to join me tonight in committing to the 429 challenge? Especially during a time of transition in our church, the time of change, and um, we were talking in our deacons meeting and appreciate and love our deacons and the wisdom so much that they have. And, and uh, we'll have our deacon uh, election coming up. And then in a few weeks, uh, I believe it's July the 10th, just to go ahead and share, uh, we'll have the uh, pulpit committee nomination. And uh, that will be followed the following week with a pulpit committee election. Now's not the time to allow corrupt communication to come out of our mouth. Now's the time to build up. Now's the time to be willing to serve. Now's the time to, to step up and, and, and be unified together. Not for the sake of Liberty First Baptist Church, but for the sake of, of God's kingdom. This, this church doesn't belong to, to anybody except God. This is His church. It's God's work. And so we, we, we need to come together and be unified together. And this thing of, of our speech, let's choose to not let any corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. Let's, let's speak the truth in love. And, and I, I want to share with you uh, Colossians 4 and verse 6. This is ministering grace right here. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Man, I pray that would be my words. Seasoned with grace, or, or, or with uh, always with grace, seasoned with salt. You know, there's some flavor to it. It's not flat. It's not corrupt or spoiled. Dirty, tears down, but it builds up. And that's what we need. And I pray that we would commit to that tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, and Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us, Lord, as we think about our conversations and we think about the words that we say, I pray that every one of us tonight would accept the 429 challenge. Ephesians 422, applying that to our hearts and lives right here and right now for your glory. God, as we say, God, out of worship tonight, you are worthy and I apply your word to my life. I believe and trust your word and I want to apply it to my life tonight. And I pray we'll do that, Lord Jesus. May you be glorified in your name. Amen. Would you stand together as, uh, as Donna leads us tonight? Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Speak that my soul may hear. 
I just want us to think about this uh, tonight. Maybe as we think about putting on the new man and we think about being intentional to replace corrupt negative words with that which is good. Maybe there's somebody that God's laid on your heart that maybe you need to reach out to and, and it might be something that maybe they've, they've forgotten about but it would bless their heart for you to call and say, you know what, I want to give you a call. And you remember we were fussing or whatever about whatever and a lot of times we can't even remember what it's about. But I just want you to know that that God spoke to me about that and I, I just want to say I'm sorry. You know, whether they, they might fuss you out, they might cuss you out, that, that's not your responsibility. Your job is to do what God leads you to do. And who knows, God could use that. Even if they respond negatively as they sleep on it, God can use that. Maybe there's somebody that God's laid on our heart. But let's, let's accept the challenge tonight. And I encourage you to come. They're going to play through another verse. Amen. I, I pray I hear stories this week about someone saying 429. And as we go to Mission Week, man, it's going to be hot. Doesn't that hot weather just make you temper a lot of times, flare? Um, and, and then, of course, um, you know, our, our students are going to be together for a week. And sometimes a weekend's good, three days is good. But sometimes that fourth and fifth day, we might get on each other's nerves, you know. And we just need to remind ourselves, you know, 429. Um, but especially in this day of, of transition, and we think about, uh, here, you know, in, in our church family, we've got a deacon election coming up and uh, appreciate those willing to serve. And then also we think about pulpit committee and, and uh, seeking the Lord's will. And, and so I, I pray, especially during, during this time, we'll have a time of unity and, um, and that God would be glorified and this will be a sweet time. Um, I pray as we think about an interim pastor coming in um, that God would use him to minister grace, to, to minister uh, the, the unsearchable riches of God's word and, and that it'll be a time of, 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 of encouragement and building each other up and um, as, as God speaks to, and, and leads to God's man whenever that time will be and uh, I look forward to, uh, to hearing great things in the, in the days ahead uh, but thank you for being here tonight and I pray that the Lord will bless give you a great week praying for uh, mission week and in a matter of hours I'll be uh, heading down to Atlanta and I do appreciate your prayers as I head out to uh, to California, and I pray for the convention as well. And um, as we close tonight, I'm going to ask Brother David, would you dismiss us tonight?